against Bitcoin. It's going up forever, Warren. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We are streaming from Santa Monica, California, also in, in you know in the greater Los Angeles area, uh, because we're in LA for Pacific Bitcoin. Opti's currently on the move. He's uh, he's traveling, so uh, we 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 got some people filling in for Opti today. We have uh, my significant other who deals with my madness, uh, deals with all the the Bitcoin talk. Um, slowly converted her into Bitcoin. Uh, slowly but surely, Internet Sophie. What's up? What is up, everybody? We're going to have to play producer here because we are in the same room and we're going to be giving each other a little bit of feedback, but I'm really excited to be here. It's the first time on the show. I'm honored. Um, and yeah, let's get this rolling. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a special show, but we we have a lot to talk about today. We have uh, we're gonna talk about El Salvador, how El Salvador, because that was one of the things that I've heard. Like one of the criticisms was that Bitcoin wasn't directly responsible for El Salvador's uh, economy doing well. Well, there is a re a report released by Banco Santander of Spain, um, and they said that Bitcoin tourism was directly responsible for a lot of uh, you know uh, El Salvador's economy improving. Also, not to mention the the security stuff as well. And on top of that, the IMF released uh, <laughs> not only the IMF, the IMF and Jerome Powell, who is calling himself Jay Powell on Instagram, uh, are, are starting to release memes. They're starting to release videos uh, because they're realizing that they're losing ground on the battleground of the Internet. Now, unfortunately for them, uh, we have home turf. We have home turf advantage. Our memetics are better than theirs because they're based on truth, and theirs are based on lies. So, without their ability to control the narrative, like the total narrative, uh, their memes will eventually fall short. Um, versus our memes, again, we have a we have the pillar of truth. We have a proof of work backing us. We have Bitcoin backing us. So. I think we're going to out meme them not to mention it's a bunch of boomers like trying to make Instagram videos like it's, it's kind of strange. We're going to play it for you guys and we're going to talk about it. And also, um, I want to bring up my co-host today, the legendary one and only Mike Hobart. Uh, he's part of the Bitcoin veterans podcast with Alex Stanzik and co. How you doing, Mike? Thank you for uh, for filling in for Opti today. What up, nerds? Um, yeah, dude, you don't you don't have to thank me for that, man. I, as you guys know, specifically you and Opti, uh, well, everybody else in the in the chat. Um, I just enjoy doing this. So whenever you guys need some assistance, there's as long as the schedule permits, I have no problem helping cover down and talk about Bitcoin, dude. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you joining us, Mike, like always. And of course, uh, we got Steve. Now, Steve is very interesting. He is uh, he's a good friend of uh, producer Jacob. And uh, apparently, he has solved the Oracle problem. Or better, maybe let me let me phrase it differently. He's presented a interesting solution to the Oracle problem. Um, so there's two uh, problems in in computer science, right? There's the two. Let me make sure I don't butcher this. Uh, the Byzantine generals problem, which is something that I, I hate saving saying that Bitcoin solved, but Bitcoin uh, came up with a good solution for. Um, and then there's the Oracle problem, which is another problem in computer science. And uh, Steve, apparently a lot of people were going crazy when you presented the solution. So could you talk a little bit about what the Oracle problem is and uh, 
what your solution does. Uh, sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm not sure if I'd be quite so bullish to say I solved the Oracle problem, um, but sure. So the Oracle problem is, you know, who's the person that tells you what the USD price of Bitcoin or who's the person that tells you what the outcome of any event was, you know, betting on a football game or betting on an election or something like that. If you've got some kind of contract that needs to be settled um, both of the people in the contract or both the people in the bet need to kind of um, agree that we are going to look to this source, you know, like NFL.com or WhiteHouse.gov or like Coinbase.com um, kind of to tell us what, you know, the official answer is on the outcome that we're betting on. And um, this is a problem just because you basically need a, a trusted third party or some kind of centralized um uh, person to solve it. And so what I've done is I noticed a long time ago um, that the USD price of Bitcoin was an emergent on-chain feature of the Bitcoin blockchain. And so I knew that I could tease out um, the price on-chain for a while now. I've probably known this for like five years now. And I finally got around to doing it. Um, there's multiple ways it could be done. Um, but I released the utxoracle.py.py. It's just a simple Python script. You can get it at utxo.live slash oracle. Um, and this way, everyone can run the exact same very simple Python program. And they can only communicate with their own node. And it takes about a minute to run, reads in 150 blocks or so. And um, you get the exact same price as everyone who that's runs crazy. this um, that, independently. That's nuts. That's nuts yeah, it's kind of wow. nuts. I mean, there's, there's trade-offs. There's pros and cons. I, I won't say it's like the solution to the Oracle problem. But like you said, just like Satoshi with Byzantine's general problem, it's not like he solved it. He just kind of like did some roundabout way about it. Yeah, um, exactly. They, they, I, I don't think they're solvable per se. I think that there's ways to tackle them. Um, and there, of course, like you mentioned earlier, there's trade-offs. Um, but it's very, very interesting because you used the basically data from Bitcoin to uh, surmise the USD price without relying, you know, on a single exchange or a multitude of exchanges or whatever. You just you're just relying on on-chain data, and I think that's absolutely fascinating. And I think there's something more there. Um, I think we're just starting to see the the first innings of that so steve we're super super hyped to have you on the show today we're going to dive more into what steve is working on his project during the culture segment but first we got to get to the numbers let's start the show everybody the bitcoin numbers is your bitcoin in cold storage really secure is your seed phrase really secure stamp seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper don't store your generational wealth on paper paper is prone to water damage fire damage you want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet earth titanium your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps and once your words are in they aren't going anywhere no risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire they're also crush proof waterproof non-corrosive and time proof all things that paper is 
is not, allowing you to hodl your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. All right, everybody, I made it super easy for you guys. All you got to do is scan the QR code on your screen. It'll take you directly to the Stamp Seed website where you can buy yourself a, a uh, Stamp Seed titanium seed plate you could you could store your generational wealth on one of the one of the strongest metals on planet earth titanium don't put yourself in a position where you have to explain to your grandchildren why you lost your bitcoin scan the qr code go to stamp seed use promo code simply get a big discount at the time of recording the bitcoin price is 27,390 sats per dollar 3651 Block height, 810,490. Blocks to having, 29,510. Having estimate, April 21st, 2024. Total, net, uh, total Lightning Network capacity, 4,798. Bitcoin capacity value, 131 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation rate. My favorite stat out of all this. And when we get to what we're about to cover, uh, I, I, that number is going to continue to go down forever and it's going to continue to embarrass fiat currencies and they don't have a good explanation because money shouldn't steal from you. And the video that we're going to see right now, they talk about inflation as if it's, uh, some natural like law, like it's, it's like gravity. Like it just, it just needs to exist. Uh, you can't change it. It's this immovable force. Like for some reason they've convinced, remember what Elon said, we covered this on yesterday's episode. Elon said like someone posted a meme basically saying, what's a scam that is so implanted in everyone's like psychology that like people don't even see it as a scam anymore. And Elon said fiat money. So slowly that Overton window is shifting. If you live in countries like Argentina, for example, that it's shattered, right? They're, you know, they're about to elect a hardcore libertarian president <laughs> that is literally screaming off the rooftops, let's end the central bank. So yeah, that, you know, it, depending on where you are, right, the scam of, 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 uh, of fiat currencies is, is slowly starting to, uh, slowly starting to get exposed. And I think it's a multitude of reasons, right? Whether it's hyperinflation, if you live in a country that isn't enduring that or, um, or Bitcoin, right? When, when you have an alternative that governments can't shut down, and they're forced to compete with, um, it highlights the fact that not only can money exist without inflation, but money can be deflationary, meaning it, meaning it actually gains purchasing power over time. Like that is something that they've been saying is impossible, right? Um, anyways, so the market capitalization of Bitcoin, $534 billion. Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 4.33%. All right, so let's get to the video that I was talking about, what I was referring to. Um, let's check this out. Obviously it's a pretty long video, so I, we don't have time to play the entire thing, but let's see how much we can get through it without wanting to tear out our eyeballs, metaphorically YouTube. All right, let's check it out. Hi, I'm Sandy Leff from the IMF. And throughout this series, I'm going to be answering your questions about thorny economic issues, breaking them down and giving you straight answers without all that fancy academic speak. Let's get started. That's right. You're too dumb. No fancy <laughs> academic speech for you. Um, but this is interesting. Um, I think, you know, we all know that Chrissy Lagarde or was the head of the IMF. Um, maybe she did this as a response to Opti on Simply Bitcoin. I don't know. Anyways. There's been a lot of talk about inflation around the world, but what is it really? And why is it happening? So what is inflation? Inflation is a broad-based increase in the price of things. First, when I say broad-based, I really mean that. 
Inflation is not about the price of broccoli going up versus spinach because there's been some new diet fad that says that broccoli is better for you. It's about the prices of vegetables rising in general and about the prices of other things rising. Now for consumers like you and me, it's about a broad-based increase in the prices of things that we consume and pay for. So that includes things like groceries, gas, uh, subway passes. For businesses, it's about a broad-based increase in the prices of things that they pay for. So that includes the computers that we work with or the electricity bill for the lights in this cafeteria. There's a second related point, which is that it's about the representative basket of things that consumers actually consume, on average across the entire population. So maybe subway pass prices are going up, but that's not gonna factor into countrywide inflation in a major way, unless most people in the country actually ride the subway. Now, the reason that we care about inflation is that it can lower people's living standards. When prices rise faster than wages, people are effectively getting poorer. <laughs> a dollar that I have today is worth less than the dollar that I had last year. That makes me worse off. That's why we say that inflation is the worst tax on the poor. So why is it happening? Well, there's two big buckets of reasons. The first is when there's shortages in supply or slowdowns in supply. So let's think about coffee production since we're here in this cafe. Let's say that there's a bad harvest or a drought, which reduces the amount of coffee beans. However, everyone in the world, including myself, is still gonna have the same demand for those coffee beans. And that's gonna nudge prices up. Or take COVID as an example. A lot of people were asked to stay home to avoid spreading the virus. In some cases, that led to a shutdown in ports or shipping terminals, limiting supplies. Again, that nudged up prices. The other big bucket is on the demand side, so people demanding or wanting more goods and services than there are available. Sometimes economists call this an economy overheating or running hot. So what can governments do to... Okay. Do you notice that the money printing was never brought up as a reason for inflation? It wasn't even talked about. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like, if you look at the M2 chart, right? The amount of money that they print, they doubled the money supply. That's never talked about. Now, this is why we can call them out on their bullshit, right? And it's very simple. Um, and this is a website that I show all the time. It's called Priced in Bitcoin, right? And this is the power of a deflationary currency. Now it compares Bitcoin uh, to um, like a crap ton of fiat currencies, but also, uh, you know, commodities and, you know, the, the S&P 500 and housing prices. And a five year, on a five-year scale, on a three-year scale, um, even with Bitcoin at the bottom of a bear market, life has gotten cheaper, hasn't gotten more expensive, even though all of those things happened, right? All the, let's, let's take her word for it. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact that governments printed this ungodly amount of money. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that it has to do with, uh, here it is, <laughs> literally. And they were telling you like, there's no inflation coming when this was happening. So, so let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about the ungodly amount of money that they printed. They blame everything and anything but themselves, even though they are the sole cause. They printed more money. They added more money to the money supply and that debased everyone else's currency. Now, here's the thing, their solution, what can governments do? That's framing, right? So it's basically saying like government is the solution to this problem. No, 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 no. Government is the problem. Government is the sole cause of this. They caused this.
It wasn't all the other reasons. They printed the money. They devalued everyone else's money. The U.S. spends $1.5 trillion every single year more than it collects in tax revenue, even though it collects more tax revenue year after year. How does it do that? It prints the money. They can't afford the spending, so they print the difference. So all, what you just saw was the definition of gaslighting and propaganda. And when we talk about the importance of memes, when we talk about the importance of making content, liking every tweet, and for example, that was posted on Twitter. You get involved, literally go in the comment section, just go ham, drop a meme, drop like a witty response, drop something, drop a video. She is gaslighting you and she's trying to capture the uninformed part of the world to try to divert their attention from what is the actual uh, root cause of these issues. The IMF is the problem. The World Bank is the problem. Look at how the IMF reacted to El Salvador. That tells you everything you need to know. So yeah, look, um, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Like it's just a bunch of gaslighting bullshit. They, they can make it clever and put you know cool music and good production quality and you know clever graphics and all that. But you know once you dig into the facts, once you you know see what is actually going on, like you know it's rotten. It's rotten back there. They're just fucking lying to your face. And you can't say that they don't know this. Like you can't say they're not, they don't know this. So at what point do you say this is not, this is malicious. Like this is a malicious, this is a malicious intent. Like they must know, they're not stupid. Um, so anyways, uh, Sophie, it, go, go ahead, Mike, hit it. I was gonna say, it It blows my mind. Well, I guess it doesn't really blow my mind because the point of they are propagandists at the end of the day, but it's like, it's just, it's fascinating how like in all of these conversations, regardless of whether it's these clips that uh, we bring up on Simply, or you listen in on spaces between hedge fund managers, economists, financiers, and the in the lot. When it comes to inflation, it's always it's your fault. It's never the debasement of the currency and completely eroding the financial power of like the the country's economic capability. Right? It's it's not it's not the fact that the dollars that you're earning per wage are being devalued at like at continuously expediting rates. It's never that. It's the fact that you're buying too much food, you're like using too much gas, you're consuming too much even though the entire economic health measurements of our country are based entirely on consumption. It's, it's and the, the, the fact is, like, I also wanted to bring up that, like, when you say it's gaslighting, it's important for people to understand it's gaslighting specifically by avoiding the conversation, right? Like, it's just, I, I think the last couple of years have probably been a pretty powerful kind of lesson for a lot of people, not just Americans, like Europeans around, like, obviously the, the Lebanese, the Turks the Argentinians, the Venezuelans, like they've all been learning it and they've known it for a while. But like, dude, I get fired up when I see these videos, Nico, like where they're just completely avoiding the most important aspect and the fact that they are the arsonist calling the fire department for the fire that they started. A hundred percent. I 100 percent agree with that statement. I hope the audio is a little bit better, guys. Sorry, yeah, a bit fair. of tech, bit of technical difficulties on our side uh, just due to the Internet connection from the hotel room. Anyways, uh, Steve, what was your reaction to that video, man? 
Hey, um, yeah, just sad. I mean, like, I mean, sad in a way that everyone's just so fooled by. They think house prices just rise. They just they think this stuff just rises, and you know, no one gets around to telling them that, like, hey, nothing has risen in terms of ounces of gold for like two hundred years. Um, it's you know, it, everyone just thinks it's something else and it's not the devaluation of the dollar and you know we're just so fortunate to have bitcoin here to educate a, a much larger group of people on the fact that prices don't rise the only thing that happens is fiat currency devalues itself and it's it's such a hard mental shift to do i mean i'm a pretty smart guy and it took me several years to totally shift my mind away from thinking that prices rise um but yeah man i it sucks i don't know it's 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 really strong propaganda like it really is like for us to be a society for us to be incepted with this idea that somehow money needs to lose purchasing power it's just absolutely nuts sophie uh you've been making content for simply what was your reaction to uh you know that piece of content from the imf well I think it's really sad that this type of video is just going to reinforce the convenience of the institutions because yep. Bitcoin is something that is kind of difficult for people to grasp and it's money. It's, it's the tech, the technological innovation of money. People have a hard time adopting it. So when an institution like the IMF tells everybody, oh, shh, it's going to be okay don't worry, we're in hell and everything is expensive and you're miserable, <laughs> but we're gonna tell you, we're here to tell you it's okay because the government is going to save you. We haven't saved you before. We've never done it once in the history of ever, but we're gonna do it now. Just trust us, Shh, it's gonna be okay. And people who want to believe the lie are going to use this as ammunition to be like, see, Bitcoin is just a scam. We don't need it. The like the government's got us. It's all right. But it's it's all a lie. And that's the part that makes me so sad. When I go out and do the street interviews, people don't want to believe that we're in hell, even though they're not saving money, even though everything they're buying at the grocery store is significantly more expensive it's 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 honestly really sad because it's it's great promo and it and it it helps them believe the lie dude uh see this is what happens when you live with a bitcoiner uh 24 7 it passes on opti said something hilarious uh uh where was it uh well sophie speaks better than both of us nico i'd agree that was that was very that was very impressive sophie I have that to was agree. very very I impressive all right guys before we move on to the news segment i want to give a shout out to our sponsor you guys definitely want to go to this conference it's going to be the biggest bitcoin conference on planet earth i'm talking about bitcoin 2024 you can use promo code simply you get 10 percent off your tickets it's not going to be in miami this year it's going to be in nashville tennessee july 25th through the 27th, 2024, the year of the having Bitcoin 2024. For a GA ticket, it's 349 for an, for an industry pass. I recommend this one because it's a three-day experience rather than the two days. 
And the first day it's kind of chill and you get to like see the booths and that's when you see all the speakers kind of like walk in the floor. And if you're trying to get a job in the industry, that's the one I recommend. And then of course the whale pass for 4,749. Also make sure to check out Bitcoin Amsterdam. It's October 12th through the, through the 13th. So it's actually coming up very, very quickly. Um, this is the Bitcoin conferences conference in Europe. And uh, last year they got uh, an insane venue. So you definitely don't want to miss these conferences, whether you're in the U.S. or in Europe, you have no excuse. And I heard uh, when Brandon came on, Brandon from Bitcoin Magazine, that they're also going to be throwing a conference in uh, in Asia as well. So use promo code SIMPLY to get a 10% discount on your tickets to either Bitcoin 2024 or Bitcoin Amsterdam. All right, everybody, let's jump into the news. Let's do it. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. Remember guys, not your keys, not your cheese. I'm excited. All right, one. everybody. I'm also made it super easy for you guys. No excuse. Scan the QR code on your screen if you're listening, if you're watching the video version on Twitter, on Rumble. Shout out to our Rumble audience continues to grow. So shout out to all the people on Rumble and of course our YouTube audience. Scan the QR code. Get yourself a passport by foundation. All right, everybody. So more mematic warfare. And again, this is not a coincidence that the IMF is releasing <laughs> videos. It's not a coincidence that, you know, a Jerome Powell is posting vertical videos or shorts on Instagram, um, they're losing ground. They're losing ground, right? So they have to, this is their form of, of uh, you know, fighting back ever so slowly. Um, I just think it's just fatting, like uh, falling fat, uh, flat on its face. I think that the IMF video definitely succeeded a lot more. Um, the production was, the production quality was a lot better. Um, but, uh, but let's check this out. Uh, this is uh, Jerome Powell. He's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, let's look, they even added subtitles. Let's check out what he has to say. Hi, I'm Jay Powell. I'm the chair of the Federal Jay Reserve. And I want you to know that the Federal Reserve is now on Instagram and threads. The Fed is America's central bank working to promote a healthy economy and a strong financial system. That mission starts with you. October is National Economic Education Month. And throughout the month and beyond, we'll be posting here with information, links to events, and other resources about how Fed decisions affect you, your family and your community. Sounds like a hot Hi, account that I'm going to follow, man. This just completely This just completely reassured the fact that Instagram is dead and that we need, we should bury it along with Facebook. We should just never log on again. So, what's well, go ahead. I was going to say it's another question. It's like why are you guys doing just the the Facebook conglomerate? Why aren't you going to Twitter? I'm asking that facetiously because we know why. <laughs> Dude, so what, what's really funny, first, first, no tie, 
or in this number one. And then his name is not Jerome oh. anymore. He's Jay Powell. Um, he's and hip. then again, he's, he's, he's channeling his inner. He's channeling his inner uh, David Beckham. He's kind of giving that. <laughs> I know it's disgusting. I'm surprised they're not posting on TikTok. All these young people who have no idea what's going on. That's even. That's actually an even better point, Sophie. It's like why. Like I like the Facebook and the Instagram, I get it's an echo chamber. There's nobody's going to fight them. They can just use the algorithm to their advantage. But why aren't you on TikTok? Like that's going to be more viral than Instagram or threads. Yeah. I kind of want to make a rap with like just dressed up as him. Be like, yo, I'm Jay Powell. I look like an owl. <laughs> I don't <laughs> sleep at night. So I just print money in my sleep. <laughs> oh, man. Sophie. Sophie's bringing on the rhyme. Bars. <laughs> So, so what's really interesting though, okay, so like, cause you got to put these two videos together, all right, cause they're absolutely hilarious. Um, is that just the amount of bullshit that is like condensed in a short period of time? Like, please tune in to our Instagram uh, account so that you can have the right information about the economy and what the Fed is doing for you. I know what the Fed is doing for me. It's devaluing the fucking currency of everyone. It's been an absolute disaster. Uh, if in, in terms of, you know, the wealth inequality, the, the worsening of the recessions and depressions, this is what they don't tell you, but the worst recessions and depressions in American history have happened under the federal reserve. And that was the reason that they sold the American public as to why a central bank was necessary. Right. So yeah, like I, I forgive me if I don't believe you, um, especially if you're a zoomer or a millennial. Yeah, it, you stole our future, bro, for printing all that fucking money. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just funny to see guys go ham in the comments. Let them know because if people see this video and then they look at they always look at the comments. It's like what ninety nine percent of people do. Um, you know, there's some there's gonna be some some Bitcoiners in there letting them the guy uh, letting them know what what the fuck is what what the fuck is actually happening. Anyway, Steve, what's your take on all this, bro? Dude, I try to stay away from the news. Uh, I can't stand looking at that guy. <laughs> I, I hate seeing everybody like that on TV. Uh, I really like Sophie's rap there. That was pretty impressive. Did you come up with that on the spot? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's not to trust, dude? What's not to trust? Um, okay. All right. Moving on to the El Salvador news. Uh, El Salvador stays winning. Um, and again, like I've been saying this for a while, I actually got a lot of heat. Um, I do believe that El Salvador is winning because they fit, they fixed the base layer. The base layer is no longer corrupted. The base layer no longer needs lies to function. So all of a sudden it aligns a, a society's incentives and the person that is duly elected is actually doing the things that he said he was going to do when he was running for office. Right. Which kind of makes sense under a Bitcoin standard. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, here's Stacey Herbert, you know, uh, wife of Max Kaiser. And she says, Bitcoin tourists sent them there notes, the importance of Bitcoin tourism to El Salvador's booming economy, right? Cause one of the, one of the criticisms that I got was like, Nico adopting Bitcoin or making Bitcoin legal tender had not, has nothing to do with, uh, uh, El Salvador's, you know, uh, economy doing better. Uh, that's, that's bullshit. Uh, you know, it's recovery from the pandemic. Everyone recovered. Um, well, it looks like, you know, we actually have some data that says the exact opposite. Not only is it the Bitcoin tourism, 
but also most importantly, the security, right? Which is extremely popular with the local El Salvadorian population. That's why Nayib Bukele has an 85 to 90% approval rating. And if you compare that to Western leaders that are like basically saying El Salvador is a threat to democracy, whether that's Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau, they're in the low, they're either in the mid forties, low or high thirties approval rating. So, you know, I just find it interesting. And then this goes to something that I said on Simply Sessions the other day, which is the iron law of political central banker projection. Like they project onto us what it is they are guilty of themselves. Anyways, let's check out this article. It says Santander, U.S. Capital Markets published a new report on El Salvador. According to this research shared by El Salvador's President Nayib Bukele, the tourism growth uh, the co- the country is experiencing is led by the new level of security that the country is living in and the adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender in 2021. Quote, the obvious beneficiary of improved security is higher tourism, the report states. Besides not being popular among the Biden administration, the emergency state declared decreed by Nayib Bukele's government in 2022 is working. There has been 2.3 homicides per 100,000 inhabitants uh, inhabitants since the beginning of 2023, with a 30% year-to-year surge in tourism arrivals. For Santander, the potential growth is yet to be discovered due to its geographic proximity, the dollarization of the economy, and as Bitcoin tourists prefer destination. El Salvador is becoming a more common trip for U.S. citizens. Figures are far away from places like the Dominican Republic, which has over 7 million arrivals per year, versus the 2.1 million arrivals of El Salvador. But the interest is growing faster. Quote, the number of tourists from the U.S. has doubled on, 20, in, on 2019 visitor numbers. Much of that increase can be attributed to Bitcoin policy, either directly or indirectly. Heard about El Salvador because of the free marketing by news coverage of it, said Stacey Herbert, head of the Bitcoin office of El Salvador through her ex account. In Bitcoin terms, the interest in the country is vivid. For example, companies like the Bitcoin pro, uh, payment pro, uh, processor Strike and the Bitcoin Re- rewards app Fold already announced their interest in relocating or expanding their business their business in the country. Also, the Bitcoin conference adopting Bitcoin is experiencing growth, according to one of its co-organizers, uh, Noor uh, Auda El Bawad. Uh, the conference received 600 attendees in 2021 and up to 1,000 in 2022. The next conference will happen in early November. Uh, so goes on to say, besides the boom in tourism, there's another indicator of the new health of El Salvador society. There's a more vivid interest among the among the Salvadorian diaspora to return to their country. Santander qualified these as reverse immigration, pointing out that it could also impact direct foreign investment, which is absolutely unheard of. Uh, usually when uh, Central Americans or S- South Americans migrate to the U.S., they don't go back, right? If they make it to Miami, it's like the promised land. If they make it to the US, it's the promised land. So the fact that you're hearing people actually want to return to their country is unheard of, but I think it's a testament to not only Naim Bukele's leadership, but most importantly, what happens to a society, a country, when they adopt a Bitcoin standard. I think it's clear as day, and I think it's gonna become clear and clear. It's gonna become undisputable. And I think that's why the IMF hates it. That's why the Biden administration dislikes it. Like the IMF, you saw the video, we played it for you guys, right? Those are the same people that went crazy when when they made Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador. Those are the same people that asked Argentina when they provided them a bailout, another bailout. They said, you have to de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin in your country. What are they so scared of? If they believed in the shit that they were telling you in that video, 
then they wouldn't talk shit about Bitcoin. The problem is that Bitcoin highlights the bullshit in that video and they can't refute it. That's the fucking issue that they're having. So bring it on IMF, bring on the memes. We got the truth on our side. You guys are, you guys are going to have to rely on narrative and censorship. Like that's, that's, you know, and that does that only works for so long. Eventually people wake up. So I'm really glad. Uh, so shout out also to Max and Stacy for pushing that forward, pushing that initiative forward. And El Salvador stays winning because El Salvador adopted a Bitcoin standard. Anyway, Sophie, what's your take? Um, I mean, the fact that they're trying to put it down is so cheap and obvious because now we have the power of the internet. Now we have the power of memes and comments and people all over the world being able to verify a fact and come together and call people out on their lie. So it's only a matter of time before their narrative starts to crumble. And it's only a matter of time before people realize, wow, like I have nothing to lose by just buying a little bit of Bitcoin, putting one to 5% of my net worth into this thing, because everything else I've put my money into has gone down. Remember that Bitcoin is the best performing asset since it's been in, discovered. And it's the best performing asset year to date, even today in a bear market. So it's just a matter of time before we win with the truth and these people end up, you know, being uh, called out for all of their lies. A hundred percent. Beautifully said. Uh, I'm very impressed, Sophie. She, this is what happens when you live with a Bitcoiner for what, seven years now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the first two years, she's like, you're an absolute madman. But then number go up, does its thing. Um, Here, here's the thing. I asked a lot of questions. And when you ask a lot of questions and when you hear the same thing over and over and over again, you can't help but put the pieces together yourself. What I went through is what everybody who is falling for the narrative currently is going to eventually go through. They're going to eventually hear what we have to say over and over and over again. That's why repetition is very important. And they're going to end up saying, wow, this starts to make sense because all it takes is planting a seed. And once you plant the seed, the water and the sun and the stuff that makes it grow into a plant is all of the supporting evidence. So it just takes a little bit of time and the time will come. Opti, I think we have competition. Uh, I dropped a poll. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you guys are putting yourselves out of a job by bringing. <laughs> I think so too. You guys should have me on more often. I will literally, I I will be here. We live together. <laughs> okay, so Sophie's gonna start doing the Friday shows. You heard it here first. Um, anyways, uh, Mike, what's your take on on the the shining country on a hill, El Salvador? I think I honestly, I think it's pretty impressive. Like I, like I've uh, one of my, I guess, strengths and weaknesses is that I'm always skeptical of things. And so like when else, and I have to admit when El Salvador first did the Bitcoin thing, I was like, interesting, exciting potential for it to backfire, but let's wait and see and like find out what happens. And dude, it has been nothing but good things for them. Cause like on top of the whole Bitcoin position and then basically using the 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 growing of the bitcoin position or the health from the bitcoin position to like power the coal kind of like squelching out of the the gang violence that was there and then on top of that there's um there's a, a further kind of like exposure of how well el salvador is doing since this bitcoin stuff got started is that uh i think it was put out yesterday that they 
through investment of like five or six other Central American countries, they've also expanded a uh, 380 megawatt natural gas power plant. So they're they're going to also be supplying power to other countries. So like, dude, like I, I where where's El Salvador losing is probably a better question than where are they winning because they're winning everywhere. Yeah, one hundred percent. They they won't stop winning because they they adopted that sweet sweet Bitcoin standard. The comments are absolutely hilarious. We got a apparently Sophie for our ninety five percent male audience. Uh, they appreciate uh, the feminine perspective. I think they just like the sound of my voice. <laughs> Ooh. All right, Opti and I are out of job. It is now simply Bitcoin by <laughs> Sophie. Anyways, uh, Steve, what's your take on this before uh, we move on to the culture? Dude, imagine if uh, El Salvador did this right before a bull market. It, it blows me away that El Salvador is doing so well when they did this in a bear market. And, you know, it could be easy to, I mean, I don't know when they officially did it. I don't know. Maybe we're back to about the price when they went all in or whatever, but you know, it went down for a while. Price of Bitcoin did after they bought in, and there's a chance they're looking dumb. But and they've done all this stuff in a bear market. Like, imagine when the bull market hits. Imagine how good they're going to be looking then. Just, I'm uh, just really proud of them. Yeah, dude. They're, they're, El Salvador is going to be looking good, and then also MicroStrategy. So, like on the public company level, it's going to be undeniable that the the Bitcoin strategy is the move. And then on a country, on a nation state level, it's going to be undeniable. Absolutely hilarious comment by by Opti. I can't. <laughs> so fucking funny. But yes, Opti, I know what you mean, bro. Okay, guys. Before uh, before uh, we we move on to the culture to talk about Steve's project. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Kaboom Racks. You got to check out the racks. This is the best place to buy, sell, or host mining equipment. Also the most trusted place. So if you're looking to buy Bitcoin miners, your answer is Kaboom Racks. You're going to get the top deals, the best prices, repair, hosting services, all in one place. You can get started through the link in the video or podcast description and launch your mining journey with Kaboom Racks today. You can also scan the QR code and it will take you directly to the Telegram Kaboom Racks Marketplace where you're going to find the latest and greatest deals on Bitcoin ASICs. All right, everybody, let's get on to the culture. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, everybody. We are, we are currently at 84 likes help us maintain our streak of breaking 100 likes within the first hour of the live stream if you're watching on youtube so if you're enjoying the content enjoying the show make sure to smash that like button it really helps us with the youtube algorithms and it pushes the orange signal forward so please if you haven't already done so smash that like button anyways rally up nerd herd <laughs> we got a girl on the show today mike it's it's not a nerd show anymore, bro. It's, oh, she's she can still be a nerd. She can happily be a nerd. <laughs> I'm definitely a nerd at heart, especially. Um, Let's go. Yeah, and we'll we'll get more women on the show. Actually, if we get to 100 likes, I'll bring my friends. Whoa, and, dang! And there Sophie's you go, friends are dope. 
They're dope. All right. So yeah, yeah. Smash that like button for the culture. All right, everybody. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about Steve. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this man solved, kind of solved, came up with the solution for the Oracle problem, which we touched upon in uh, the very beginning of the episode. So Steve, um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, what, first, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you to repeat yourself. Well, Uh, hey, can you guys hear me? It sounds like you cut yes. out there. Yep. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show. And uh, I did not know that this segment of the show was going to be called Culture, but uh, that's awesome. I think this is, uh, I'm happy to represent the Bitcoin culture. And uh, the nature of the program that I wrote is definitely in line with like Bitcoin ethos of open source decentralized. Um, this is a software program that everyone can run. I'm not part of a company or anything. I'm not pushing any changes to Bitcoin. This is just a script for that's just everybody out there. So it's it's definitely Bitcoin culture ethos style. Um, so if you're looking at the video right now, and it's a live show, so soon everybody is, is the my screen's being shown, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, let's just start with like the very basics. Um, this is my visualization of the Bitcoin blockchain. So all that that heat map, the data that that heat map is made from, every single one of you that is running a Bitcoin node has this exact same data in your computer. If you were to run that visualization on your node, it would produce exactly the same plot because we all have the exact same Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, you can see that, um, so just kind of to go over what you're looking at, the y-axis there is Bitcoin amount, the date um, on the x-axis is time, so that's going back to 2016 there. Um, you could do this back to 2009. Um, I just kind of like this view better. And then the color is the number of transactions that were created at that Bitcoin amount and at that time. So, you know, when you do this kind of thing, you have to average over some kind of bins, you know. Uh, so it's about a day resolution, the pixels, and then a day resolution on the x-axis. And then on the y-axis, there's about 200 increments between each 10x of Bitcoin. So notice that the y-axis is going up log scale zero sats, 10 sats, 100 sats, you know, and then the middle is one Bitcoin, 10 Bitcoins, 100 Bitcoins. So that, that's important to notice that that's log scale. And so the colors, you know, we go from blue to pink to yellow to bright white, and those go from one transaction all the way up to 10,000 transactions. So the yellow, you know, yellow, we're talking about 5,000-ish transactions. And again, that's averaged over a day. So you can see like the bottom of that graph is the, what's called the dust limit. So around, around, around like 546 transactions. And then you can, um, it got a little bit lower with SegWit there. Uh, I realized that I can just talk about this image forever. <laughs> um, but it, it kind of is important both to understand where this data comes from and how this is connected to your node. And so 
every time someone makes a transaction, that results in a UTXO. So an unspent transaction output. So all of these were UTXOs at one point. Some of those have been spent since then. Some of those are still there. But you can see that, you know, it's very clear the distribution of how people spend. I mean, look at that. It's like it starts at the dust limit. Then a ton of people spend a lot of transactions in between 0 0.001 and 0.1. And then once you get up to like 10 Bitcoin, 100 Bitcoin, you're only seeing a handful, like less than 100 transactions per day are at that like 10 to 100 to 1,000 amount. So I, I really just kind of like look at this, just to give you a broad scale view of like, what does the Bitcoin blockchain look like? Um, this is, I think, the best view of it. Obviously, I'm biased, but I've been working on these visualizations for, you know, like eight, 10 years now. Um, and then, so where does UTX Oracle come in? So if you look at the yellow stuff, you'll see these kind of wavy lines that are all sort of concurrent with one another. Do you guys see that? Yes. Yep. So those wavy lines are all people sending each other rounds amounts of US dollars. And because the what $100 is in Bitcoin is different every day, that line goes up and down. But it all goes up and down together with people spending $100 or $5 or $10 or $1,000. There's about 17 different round amounts of US dollars that I use. So, um, I mean, I, let me just say one more thing and then I can take some questions if you want. But so I've been looking at this for ages. You know, I, I've, I've known this for a long time. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, did the price of Bitcoin go up or down? Let me just look at the heat maps. Like, it's very simple to look by eye and just tell if the price of Bitcoin went up or down. And so eventually I was like, you know, for several years, I was like, man, I should just write some kind of like pattern matching algorithm of just pull this out of there. I mean, it's so easy. It's so obvious. I mean, look at that bright yellow. We're talking about 5,000 transactions right at $100. It's so easy to see the next day where those 5,000 transactions move to. So there's a, I finally just wrote an algorithm that just does, you know, what you can do by eye very easily. And that's basically all Utex Oracle is. That means, dude, it's, it's so badass that you're able to, you know, surmise that with just the data on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, itself you know that that is that is incredible um but i i'm gonna stick to it i think that this is maybe like on a technical level maybe this isn't like a perfect solution but it, it definitely you you definitely tackled the oracle problem for sure a hundred percent uh yeah thanks yeah it's um it's really i mean definitely tackled it uh so if you want to talk about kind of applications or whatever um Definitely, there's a lot of people that need some kind of decentralized way to say what the price is. And it's really powerful that everybody can run the exact same code on their local node and they can come up with the exact same number. I mean, I have maybe 10 or 20 people running it every day now, and it's not like anyone ever comes up with anything different. It's always exactly the same. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's like pretty powerful. 
Yeah, man. I mean, that that's that's absolutely incredible. Could this be applied to anything other than the USD Bitcoin price? Um, well, people a lot of times ask me, are there uh, other currencies besides USD that you're seeing there? And the way I answer that is just like, if you just look at those heat maps, like, do you see any other currencies other than USD? There might be. Uh, but it, it might be the case that those um, other currencies are so correlated to USD that, you know, they all just go up and down together. But I don't think that's quite true. I, I think if there were a, um, a significant amount of non-USD, like other countries' money um, being transacted, round amounts of those, I think you would see lines that kind of um, didn't stay together so well. You know, I think you would see things trailing off and trailing down, and there's a little bit of that, but you know, it's it's 99% U.S. dollars. Um, it seems like to me. Is that, is that what you were asking? Uh, yes, that's what. Okay. I yeah. Um, Steve, if you you don't if you don't mind me asking, Stephen, like so, in what ways can Bitcoiners or Bitcoin companies use this information as far as like? your quote-unquote solution or workaround to the oracle problem like i'm assuming you have ways in mind that led to you developing this whole kind of project to begin with i uh, i mean i don't really actually it, it wasn't you know so i think people can get the motivation wrong a little bit here because okay. it, it, it might look like i was determined to provide the USD price in a decentralized way. And it was more just like, I've just saw this one day and I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I was like, I should just make this available to people because this is just kind of awesome. And yeah, I have a friend, Daniel, who um, Daniel's the co-author of the Bitcoin Magazine article on UTX Oracle. And he works for an exchange called SFOX. And he was kind of the one that motivated me to go ahead and just write the program and go ahead and write the article and release it because from his end he, you know he is one of these people that deals with these contracts these futures contracts and stuff that really need to know the bitcoin price and you know what is the bitcoin price i mean is the bitcoin price what coinbase says it is is it is the bitcoin price what binance or you know bitrex or you know, it, all these exchanges have different prices, right? And so there is really no one Bitcoin price. There's no like authoritative view. I mean, what, yeah, you can do a weighted average of those, but how do you come up with the weights for your average? I mean, do you, do you trust it? Yeah. It's actually a good point. You could use this kind of solution to provide a more accurate and dynamic kind of like price fluctuation mechanism, right? Rather, rather than relying on the specific like handful of exchanges you've got how like however many thousands of different inputs this is aggregating all into one image right so it can be very useful for like for example coinbase is now bringing on perpetual swaps for mm -hmm. derivatives trading so like stuff like that like and i know bitcoiners like we we don't like talking about margin trading and things but when you come to like getting like it becoming a more financialized institutionalized asset or like even in Bitcoin mining, there's going to be use of derivatives and options for, for hedging because Bitcoin miners need it. So like, I'm sure that they'll use this product, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be, 
Daniel kind of says like it could be a backup option, but let's say you are actually in entering into a contract with someone and you guys have to agree on somebody to provide you the price. Let's say you chose FTX to provide you the price. And then like, what happens if your contract was over six months and FTX disappeared? You know, what would happen to your contract? Um, or what if, you know, you're you're talking about Coinbase price at the end of the day, like the last trade of the day or something? Well, you know, can somebody go in there and manipulate the last trade of the day um, because they know that your contract's going to be affected? There's, um, there's a lot of reasons that you kind of put yourself in a strange position with agreeing on a centralized or some company's oracle price to determine your contract because you know what if that company goes out of business yep i mean th so that company also has to like put out their price right they have to have like a division of their business that's providing the dlc uh its price what if the company's like yeah we're going to go in a different direction we're not going to have that division anymore what happens to all the contracts that we're relying upon that i mean you're going to take them to court or something I mean, like, no, <laughs> this is Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if we have something like UTX Oracle, and by the way, you know, I'm not, there's multiple ways to do this. It's not like everyone has to use my thing. There's, But if we have something like UTX Oracle that's just on-chain decentralized, um, I think that's a very robust uh, thing to add into whatever or other oracles you might use for the price. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with that statement. Um, but dude, this is a, this is really cool stuff this is really neat. I think it's just like another, uh, another example of, you know, the many, many things that you could do with Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this project. Uh, where can people, if they're curious about it, they want to access it, where can people find it? Yeah. Would you mind, uh, sharing my screen again? Yes. Okay, so let's see this. So um, if you click on, if you go to utxo.live, right now we're on the outputs tab, but if you click on the Oracle tab, hopefully you'll see that. Did you see that change on screen? Yes. Okay, so this is utxo.live slash Oracle. And here I've just kind of done a black and white image that really clearly shows how these price lines are just absolutely obvious on chain. Um, and then utxoracle.py, that'll take you directly to the Python script that you can um, download yourself. Here I just show you exactly the, the price history all the way back to 2020, and you can copy paste that into Excel and you'll see that it's it's spot on, it's, it's never off. Um, and then yeah, utxoracle.py, this is a Python script. Python scripts open in your browsers, guys. Uh, you don't have to go to GitHub, uh, you can actually just read it. So That's give you an awesome. introduction here, a little quick start, a little like, you know, this is how this short, this Python script calls your Bitcoin node. And I write, my programming style is very like for the user to read it, not for, you know, great efficiency gains. So instead of like jumping back and forth, you know, scrolling up and down, trying to see where this function goes, this thing just proceeds linear, linearly. Part one, read it. Part two, read it. This thing just goes straight down to the bottom. Um, so, 
yeah, go to uh, utxo.live slash Oracle. And um, uh, were you guys seeing my thing? Okay, yeah, let me just click back here. Yeah, utxolive.oracle, and uh, you can get the script there. Awesome. Well, dude, I am. I, I, this is incredibly cool. Um, this is what the culture segment is all about, highlighting you know all the different uh, Bitcoiners from all walks of life and what they're working on, what their experiences are, and uh, this is absolutely incredible, man. So shout out to you, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. But ladies and gentlemen, the time that you've all been waiting for it. It is time to review some memes. The Daily Meme Review. All right, everybody. Uh, let's start reviewing some of these memes. So uh, let's start with this one, Maxi's Club. And, uh, you know, it, like, refers to, like, back in school, if you misbehaved, uh, it's, like a, it's like a Pepe meme, and they've written, <laughs> they've written it on the, on the chalkboard. I won't sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. I won't sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. I won't sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. Absolutely hilarious. Shout out to Maxi's Club, too. They dropped some really, really great memes. All right, so here is uh, Pablo, uh, Pablo Arduino. He is the... CTO of Tether, and I think he's also part of Bitfinex, and uh, it's like a horse, like kind of looking side eye, and he says, uh, "When Bitcoiners hear the word decentralized in the context of any blockchain that is not Bitcoin, <laughs> absolutely hilarious and spot on." Remember, guys, our memes are better than theirs. They have to rely on lies, narrative, and spin misrepresentations. We have truth on our side, so uh, it's it's easy to make memes when when you have truth because truth is the common denominator. Anyways, so here's a here's a Godfather, uh, uh, just like kind of like looking with you know the 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 epic, iconic Godfather you know face, and uh, I think it comes from the first scene of like the first movie, and he says, "You come into my house on the day of my daughter's wedding to be married, and you ask me where does the yield come from." Absolutely hilarious. If you watch the movie, uh, you would understand that reference. Uh, but yeah, absolutely spot on. He's like petting his cat, like while this is happening. Like it's such an iconic movie scene. All right, uh, next the the Pierre the Pierre memes are back. That definitely means that <laughs> confirms that we are heading back into a bull market. Uh, this one says the best part of the next bull run is getting to choose which Bitcoin Pierre you'll be. And of course, this is the VP of Riot Pierre, and this is the you know uh, Pierre <laughs> after. <laughs> I think uh, this Pierre is going to come back, man. I think he's going to come back strong. I couldn't grow a beard when I started Simply Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden, you know, the more I got into Bitcoin, the, 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 the thicker the beard got, the longer the beard became. I don't know what happened. There's Bitcoin the signal. Big, There's Bitcoin the signal. is good for testosterone levels is what right, you're saying. Just, just increases testosterone levels. That's, that's, I would agree with that. All right. Next, uh, next meme is by the legendary rope. Uh, baby, remember the money we saved up to buy our dream home? <laughs> Sophie, how do you feel about this? What's your reaction? I feel personally attacked by this meme. I think that, you know, we don't have art on our walls right now because we, because we... Well, technically we do have a lot of art. We just haven't hung it up yet. No, we have a lot of art in your studio. We don't have art. The only art we have hanging in our living room is a tiny little canvas that I painted of an alien south beach which yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. it sounds like you should paint more art then sophie 
yeah yeah i think I th it's it's a, a lot cheaper than buying your own <laughs> art so definitely gonna have to uh get on it it took me like five hours though bro it painting is really hard i thought i could do it in like two it took a long time yeah um i would agree with uh, Nico's mic went out. Oh, uh, no, no, I'm back. I'm back. I would agree with that. All right, last meme. We have a dancing squirrel TikTok one hour party. Oh, my God. Are we supposed <laughs> to explain this online right now? No, no, I'm just, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, okay. Well, squirrels are the coolest animal in the world because they plant all of your trees. Um, but it, they do it on accident because they don't know where they put their nuts. So don't be a squirrel and forget where you put your, your 24 words. You don't want to do that because then uh, you'll lose your Bitcoin. Don't 100%. misplace your nuts, guys. That's what, that's what Sophie's saying. Yeah, yeah. don't. Yeah, because it won't plant trees. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't misplace your nuts. And not only don't lose your 24-word seed phrase, properly secure it. Do it on titanium. Scan the QR code. Get yourself a stamp seed, titanium seed plate. Anyways, 15% uh, off, simply promo code. All right, guys, I'm going to give it uh, this, this uh, hotel room in Los Angeles. That's my score. Sophie, what's your score? My score is uh, the free coffee downstairs that I didn't have to pay for. So I saved some sats and drank some delicious coffee with Delight, uh, French vanilla, and hazelnut. It was very good. That, that's there's still a little bit here that's that's a good score mike hobart what would you give those memes uh my meme review is going to be a book so i've been reading a book called driven which was uh published by one of the guests that we had on bitcoin uh bitcoin veterans uh it's a book about actually that goes into like the biology physiology and psychology behind uh driven individuals that also have add so i think a lot of bitcoiners and a lot of viewers of this show would probably enjoy that book so like real quick is driven if you guys want to see it that's the title um or that's at least the yeah the title of the book and then the author was uh randy kelly and that's k-e-l-l-e-y awesome um yeah i mean that that's cool i haven't i'm gonna check that out that sounds really really interesting driven okay all right thanks mike that's a great score very deep score yeah very deep i feel bad now giving it a hotel room like <laughs> sophie took it up a notch with describing her coffee and then you're you're getting deep and i like that okay steve what would you give those memes oh what object would i give those beams uh, off my Object, desk feeling color number <laughs> this is show and tell oh this is the the bitcoiner version of show and tell um well i and want why you, <laughs> so why you give your score i'm gonna bring <laughs> back the dancing squirrel uh, okay uh yeah dude i love that dancing squirrel I love pierre richard i kind of like the decentralized horse thing um but in terms of object i bought for my meetup today they don't even know about this yet, but I bought just actual green candles. Um, they're on my desk oh. right now. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to like light this candle and walk into the meetup and see if I can make it like a tradition, like church or something, like acolyte, light the green candle. <laughs> so that's what I give to them. It's not a bad idea. That's, that's a great score. Uh, having some issues. I don't know why. It's the uh, cable. It's the cable. Yeah. It's the cable. Um, anyway. 
All right, huh? everybody. So it seems like we have a bit of some technical difficulties, but don't worry. There's a dancing squirrel on, squirrel on screen to have you entertained uh, while we kind of figure it out. Anyways, drop your scores in the live chat, and uh, we'll get to them. First, uh, that green candle, that's pretty bad. It's very, it's very poetic. It's very poetic. Um, all right, first score by Rave Elevator. I score the memes, the laptop fan repair I did myself to save some sats. The next one by Opti says, my score to SBHR department for triggering my seizures. <laughs> uh, next one by Philip Ruzzo. I give Opti's mustache growing one hair after smash buying at 30,000 feet. All right, next one by Igor. I give the memes a user data link by a third party. Uh, John Pleb, Opti get well soon, Hallmark card. Opti's just flying. He's, he's, he's so fast. <laughs> Opti, Opti he's won fine. the poll. Opti won the poll. Like, what? what is he bitching about? <laughs> oh, okay. Apparently, so apparently it's not a... Apparently, uh, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it, guys. Apparently, it's it's not my uh, it's not this it's not this mic in particular. Something's going on with the USB-C cable where I'm only coming out out of yeah. one ear. I apologize. Anyways, guys. Oh, one one last score by Elaine. Score Sophie's appearance on Simply Bitcoin. More bring more ladies into Bitcoin. Woo! Absolutely, 100%. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into an episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. But the number one thing you could do to help push this show, help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share Bitcoin content. I want to thank Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. And our special guest, Steve, who uh, very interesting solution to tackle the Oracle problem. Thank you so much, Mike and Steve, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure, fellas. And Sophie. <laughs> Nerd herd. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. Uh, hope to see you guys at Pacific Bitcoin. Bye, everybody. <laughs>